It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is April 2nd. You're probably listening to this maybe on April 3rd, 2020. My name is Philip Ross, and I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow us on Twitter at, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, I'm going to open up the Orlando Magic Daily Mailbag and answer some of your questions about the team, where they stand, and their future, of course, which is still pretty important as we kind of begin to turn a little bit of an eye toward the future of this team and what comes after however this season ends. And so definitely going to be a fun episode to do that. I would also like to formally announce here on the front end of the episode, I mentioned on the back end of yesterday's super long Dwight Howard April Fool's Edition episode, um, that, 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 was, that was random, but I, but I felt like it was perfect for some of the fans who still hate Dwight Howard. Um, but I want to officially announce here on the front end of this episode, as this will probably be our last episode before this event, Sunday night, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, Fox Sports Florida is re-airing the Orlando Magic's big win over the Los Angeles Lakers, probably the best Magic game of the season. And I, along with Zach Oliver of Orlando Pinstripe Post, will be watching the game live. And you can join us on our live stream uh, to watch the game. You can find, I'll send out the link probably around 6.45, 7 o'clock. I'll send it out multiple times, so do not worry if you miss it. But if you do, check check the Orlando Magic Daily Twitter account, at Daily, as well as my personal Twitter account, at R underscore MD, as well as the podcast account at Locked On Magic at around 7 o'clock, a little bit before 7 o'clock. If you don't, go ahead and go into the feeds and find it there. Uh, as Zach and I will be discussing and talking all about 
the Magic's big win over the Lakers should be a really good time. I've been talking to Zach. We've been kind of sharing ideas of, of some of the things we want to discuss during the game. I'll, I'll be, I've got a few talking points I want to make during that game as well. Um, but Zach told me that he did not get the chance to watch the game live, so he will be, you know, obviously knowing the result is a little bit different, but he will be watching that game for the first time. And so, as Steve Clifford likes to say, we will be watching the tape to confirm our suspicions about things. So I'm very excited about this project to watch, uh, to live stream this game, to rewatch this game, and, and hope we have a great conversation. I hope that you can get involved in the conversation as well. So mark your calendars for Sunday at 7 p.m. That's Sunday at 7 p.m. to join us for this live stream of the Magic's win over the Lakers. I'll be posting snippets of it here in the Locked On Magic feed. Uh, in the in the days after that that airs, so you'll if you miss that live, you'll get at least pieces of it uh, here on the podcast as well. If the magic aren't your thing and you're just here by chance, I would also remind you to check out the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. To search for every download podcast for Locked On in the team you're looking for, just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail. There's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. If you want the Lakers' perspective on anything, check out Locked On Lakers. They do a great job covering the Los Angeles Lakers on that show. Uh, No matter if it's the NFL, MLB, uh, NHL, or College 2, there is a Locked On podcast for you. To search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. With the chance to breathe a little bit, I I did feel like it was time to to open up the mailbag and, and, and hear uh, some of your questions and, and some of the things that you guys are thinking about or curious about uh, with the team. I, I, I try to do it once every month and a half, two months, just just kind of collect questions and and, and try and answer them in rapid-fire succession. Um, and, and there are definitely a few that, that caught my eye and, and deserve a little bit deeper exploration or, or at least a mention here on the podcast if this is how you consume my content rather than uh, on, on the website or Um So the first question comes to us from Wade G.A. And he asks, how is Fultz compared to Oladipo in their rookie years? You think Fultz can be an all-star in the future? Um, this is a really interesting point. This is a really interesting thought bubble, a thought experiment. Um, I have been treating this season like it is Markel Fultz's rookie year. And in fact, he's 21 years old, so he's still very, very, very young. Uh, and this is his first real full run through the NBA. And honestly, it's frustrating to me. I'm sure it's frustrating to him that essentially his rookie season is getting cut short by something out of his control that isn't an injury. And not only that, his first healthy summer is going to get cut into, uh, his first healthy offseason, because it may no longer be summer when we get out of this, um, is being cut into um, by something that wasn't injury to. Um, And so, uh, you know, it's for young players, that development time is so vital. You know, it's about experience. It's about understanding this league. It's about going through the grind of an 82-game schedule. Because once you've done it once, you you begin to learn how to manage your body. I mean, I think Fultz has even said, you know, he, he, he's had this history of cramps. And, and maybe that'll be something we talk about uh, in Sunday's, Sunday's uh, uh, watch-through. Um, he has this history of cramps. And I think he's admitted uh, publicly that, you know, I got to learn how to take better care of my body. Uh, you know, this 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 is a bigger grind than I anticipated. And in, in fact... Throughout the course of the season, we've seen Fultz hit the rookie wall where he's had, you know, maybe a week, two weeks where he wasn't playing very well and, and, and seemed to be struggling to find the energy. And then he finds it again and starts playing really well. In fact, he was kind of on an upswing here uh, as we got into the hiatus. Um, we have been 
Very impressed with Markel Fultz's rookie year. Um, just raw numbers, 12.1 points per game, 5.2 assists per game, 52% effective field goal percentage. That's far more than I think any of us anticipated. In fact, you know, I, I would argue that one of the things that, that we all ask, and I mean, I think this is universal among Magic fans, is find a way to get Fultz the ball more. Get him on the ball more. Let him run the show more. And, you know, I, I credit Steve Clifford. I think that his rookie and his young player development program is cautious. Uh, he doesn't want to give guys too much too soon. He wants them to, he wants to put players, especially young players, in positions where they can not only succeed individually, but help the team succeed too. And if there's a criticism for, for Clifford, and, and I think it's fair, but I also don't think it's fair, is that he ramps these guys up too slowly. Um, you know, he kind of, it feels almost like a, a Khan Academy thing where he's, he's demanding mastery before he expands your role. Uh, you know, Fultz is a great example. I think Bamba, Bamba has played really, really well. And, and I think there are certain things that, that Steve Clifford's done that have kind of kept Bamba in, in a little bit of a corner that, you know, that, that when he's, when I think he's shown that he's ready for a little bit more responsibility. Um, and again, obviously... Clifford's managing two things there. Individual development and team winning are two sometimes opposing tracks. And, and unfortunately, I think in Bomba's case, it's, it's, it's kind of hit, hit that little bit of a head. But Fultz, it feels like he's ready to do more and it would help the team. It, it's easy to get a little crazy with some of these comparisons. Um, you know, I had one of, one of our writers at Orlando Magic Daily wrote, you know, wrote a, 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 a few months back that Fultz's rookie season compares... You know, not not better than Penny Hardaway's rookie season. But, you know, they're in the same zip code. I wouldn't say the same neighborhood. They're in the same zip code, at least. And you look at Penny's uh, rookie year. 16 points per game, 6.6 assists per game. Fultz at 12.1, 5.2. So again, Fultz isn't Penny. Uh, you know, let's be clear. Fultz has had what would be considered a really nice rookie season, if it were his true rookie season. But he's not winning rookie of the year. He's not, he's not with the John Morants of the world. He's not with the Zion Williamson's of the world. And, and you can say what you want about that, whether, whether he can actually become an all-star and, and kind of take his game to that next level. But Wade brings up a really interesting comparison. What about Victor Oladipo, who is an all-star with the Indiana Pacers uh, and, and started at least with the Magic as a point guard? Victor Oladipo, his rookie season, which was also his year 21 years. So they are the same, essentially, or virtually the same age in their first seasons with the Magic or their first full seasons in the league. Victor Oladipo in his rookie year averaged 13.8 points per game, 4.1 assists per game, with a 45.8% effective field goal percentage. If a direct comparison can be made, and maybe it can't, maybe it can't, Markel Fultz is in the neighborhood of what Victor Oladipo did his first year. In fact, not only is Fultz in the neighborhood, he's obviously got more assists and he's a more efficient shooter. Now, part of this comparison, you have to look at context. Those numbers are great. They say something. But as as David Steele likes to say, it's this anything. Well, the context here matters. In Victor Oladipo's rookie year, he was playing on a team that did not have playoff hopes. He's given kind of free reign to do what he wants, so that might explain some of his low shooting numbers. Um, he had to kind of earn his way into the starting lineup with Jameer Nelson and Aaron Aflalo on the team still. Um, but, you know, he wasn't... I, I wouldn't say that there was much pressure 
for him to perform at a high level. Honestly, I would venture to guess that if the Magic were not a playoff team and they gave Fultz kind of the free reign to make mistakes and to to run the team the way he sees fit or, or tailored the offense more toward him as, as the Magic were beginning to with Victor Oladipo, that Fultz would be averaging a little bit more, would be shooting a little less efficiently, and you know there'd be a lot more of a mixed back. But the reality is Fultz has to play a role. He has to fulfill a role on this Magic team because they are trying to make the playoffs, because they are a playoff team, because winning is the most important thing. When Oladipo was playing in his rookie year, Yes, the Magic got off to a really nice start before injuries to Glenn, before the injury to Glenn Davis, but winning wasn't the number one role. wasn't the number one thing. The number one thing that year was, A, get a good draft pick, but B, develop young players. Oladipo was given the space to make mistakes, to, to kind of test every bound of his game without much punishment. If he did something crazy, Vaughn would take him out, but he wasn't, he was thrown into the deep end and, and, and had to learn how to swim a little bit. Started the year off the bench, but but you get you get the drift. Marco Fultz is not that way, and so uh, so you add on top of that that Oladipo is actually a shooting guard. He's not really a point guard, and the direct comparison isn't quite there. But I would say it does compare favorably. I would say that that this is a sign that that yes, you know there there is something there that that Markel Fultz at least compared to you know an eventual All Star like Victor Oladipo. Compared you know even compared to. So an all-NBA player like Penny Hardaway, in his rookie year, he is somewhere between those two. And so I would I would honestly say that, yes, you know, I, I think Fultz has had a really strong rookie year. Now, the, que- the second part of that question is, can Fultz become an all-star? I think it's too early to tell. Um, one thing that Rob Hennigan said... Uh, in his tenure as the, as, as the Orlando Magic's uh, general manager, I do think bears some truth. You really kind of understand who a player can be or what a player can be by the end of their rookie contract. You know, Hennigan, I think, simplistically said, by the end of a rookie contract when you have to actually pay the guy, you kind of have an idea of who he is. Now, you take everything Hennigan says with a grain of salt because he made a lot of errors as the general manager of the Orlando Magic, um, including the Victor Oladipo era, error, which I, I'm guilty of too. I, I was I was kind of out on Oladipo at the time of the trade as well, and, and that was clearly a mistake, although I think there are extenuating circumstances that it made it make sense at the time, but clearly a mistake. Uh, clearly a mistake. Uh, they, they, they handled Oladipo very wrong. If this is what Oladipo became... And it didn't feel like it was possible that he could become this in Orlando. I, I, I think that much is, is abundantly clear. I think there's an addendum to this. Because players are entering the league at such a young age, you know, Aaron Gordon's only 24, and he's in the second year of his first big contract. I think players get a little bit more time. I think really by 25 or 26, when players are starting to enter their prime, that's when you really know what a player is. And... For now, at least, Marco Fultz looks like a really good player. You know, looks like a solid starter at the very least. And that's that's really good to, to come from a player who's essentially a rookie. And he's obviously got one more year left on his rookie contract. He'll, the Magic are, at, at all, you know, by all accounts, by all signals, are going to extend him, are going to give him a second contract and, and pay, him a little bit, pay him a little bit more. And so it's really going to be those three, four years that's going to determine a lot of Markel Fultz. 
And it's going to be on Markel Fultz to take that next step. Now that he's healthy, now that he's proven he can play, he's got to take that next step. And frankly, you know, we've seen flashes of number one pick Markel Fultz. But frankly, I don't know the answer to this question yet. I honestly don't feel comfortable answering this question yet because I don't know. Is is it... If I had to lean somewhere, I'd say I'd lean toward no. I'd lean toward Fultz being a very solid starter in this league. Um, you know, at one point I said... It, at one point someone asked me, like, who, what do you want Marco Fultz to become? And I said... If he becomes Ricky Rubio, I'll be really happy. And someone was a little taken aback by that comparison. I'm like, look, Rubio is a fantastic passer. He's improved his three-point shot a lot. He's a great defender, and he's generally a decent leader and a solid starting point guard in this league, and he's been that for a while. Um, He's been on some bad teams. Uh, And I I don't think that's where Fultz tops off. I think that's kind of his his middle, is is to be that kind of a player. And, And honestly... I always say this about the draft and with young players. The goal is just to get a usable player. If you can get a star, great. If he develops into a star, great. But the goal of a draft is to get a player that you can use. And, and then you figure out the, how the pieces all fit together later. And obviously, you do need a star to win this league. I'm not, I'm not disparaging that notion. But to me, Fultz has proven that he is a player. And I'm pretty confident that he will be a starter in this league uh, for several years to come. Because... Guess what Alfred Payton's rookie year was? 8.9.6.5 assists, 43.3% effective field goal percentage. Fultz is well ahead of that. Before we get to our next question, as we all know, sports have come to a screeching halt. Basketball is benched. Pitchers are off the mound. The NFL is still holding a draft, but you know they, they can't do much else, much more than that. But our friends at MyBookie aren't going to let it get you down. Stay sane and stay entertained with access to your favorite games like blackjack, roulette, slots, war, and a whole lot more. It doesn't matter whether you're out on the front lines or quarantined at home. The fun doesn't have to come to an end with my bookie. Is video poker not your thing, but still need a little bit of a fix? They've got you covered with a host of live casino dealers online. That's right. They have professional dealers at their tables, live on site, 24-7 to deal you in. Your favorite squad sideline because of the pandemic? Don't even sweat it. MyBookie has partnered with some of the leading esports brands to bring you wagers on virtual action straight from the court in NBA 2K20. Plus, you can always do your part to make your bankroll great again by taking advantage of shifting odds on political bets. You can trust the industry leaders in times like these. They're reliable, upright, and best of all, they pay fast when you win. Visit mybookie.ag and use promo code LOCKEDONNBA for a 150% bonus on your first casino deposit. That's promo code LOCKEDONNBA to receive a 150% cash bonus on your first deposit and you can claim those extra funds all the way up to $750. Use promo code again, LOCKEDONNBA, to activate this offer. That's promo code LOCKEDONNBA. And in case you missed it, LOCKEDONNBA. You spin, you win, you get paid. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. 
but there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring, but for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Moving on to our next question here in the mailbag. Um, this, this next question is uh, kind of a, a bigger, wide-ranging question. It comes from our winger 24 and It was asked a few times by a few different people, but... The question is, will Bamba, Fultz, or Isaac become the Magic's superstar? Uh, this is obviously a stars league. Uh, to, to win at the highest level, you need the best players. Um, there, there's no way around that. And that's why, you know, honestly, I think a lot of teams kind of centered on the shortcut of, the, of, of winning the draft lottery as their way to get their star. Um, I, 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 there is, you know, there, there is a logic to that. Um, the best players go first, typically. If you get the best player, you have eight years to figure out how to, how to win with that player and win a, win a title and build a legacy. And if you don't do that, those eight years, he's gone. That's, that's what happened with Dwight Howard. Um, it's essentially what happened with Shaq, but not completely because the rules were a little different back then. Um, but you know, the magic, you know, we're masters of winning the lottery, using, leveraging that lottery win to, build a championship team and riding that team to the championship until they mess it up. I, I I think the league is a little bit more complicated than that. I don't buy into the tanking strategy. I don't buy in, you know, I, I personally I personally don't think tanking works. I think it's been proven that it doesn't work. Um yes, the Sixers are a really good team with Joel Embiid and and um and Ben Simmons, you know, first pick, third pick in, in that draft. They had Markel Fultz the first pick. But, you know, you look at them now they're not winning any titles. They're, they're, they're not a championship team. They've made a lot of mistakes along the way. Uh, and, you know, they wasted a lot of years, you know, for fans and and, and all that, trying to do this strategy. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I'll say this. Uh, the process is successful in that it built a an interesting, entertaining, engaging team that is going to win 50 games every year. And I don't think that's bad. I, I, I think one of the more... One of the more terrible things about the modern NBA is this vision that it's championship or bust. And, and don't get me wrong. Winning championships is important. You should be always be trying to win a championship and always be trying to figure out how do we could get closer to winning a championship. Um, but this idea that if your team can't win the championship that it doesn't have value, I think is wrong. Um, so in that sense, do I think the Sixers as presently constructed can win a title? No. I, I think that they, they're missing a lot of pieces and, and they have players who are very flawed that right now don't seem to really know how to play with each other. Um, you know, maybe a new coach would help. Maybe they need to change some things internally to, to make it work. But, you know, yes, they came one, they came four bounces away from going to overtime in game seven last year. But so many things in the NBA turn on just one shot. And and this season, instead of using that as fuel to, to motivate them and make them better, the season's kind of shown some of the rot within that organization, I feel like. 
Um, you know, again, listen to Lockdown Sixers. I'm sure they have a more nuanced and, and, and informed perspective, but, but that's, that's my feeling on things. You really look at the teams in the NBA, though, they're really winning the top pick isn't a guarantee to a star. And that's, that's always my point when it comes to the tanking strategy. Winning the top pick isn't a guarantee of anything. Um, so, you know, you look at it, the, the last team to win the title with the number one pick that they drafted was the Cleveland Cavaliers with Kyrie Irving. And I, I don't count LeBron James because he left. The, the last team to win a title with the number one pick that they drafted before that was the Spurs with Tim Duncan in, a, in obviously, 2012, 2013. And really, he's the last one before then. So having the number one pick isn't always the best track record. To me, actually, the best way to win a title is to find a guy and develop him into that superstar. And so, there are questions, obviously, when we turn this back to the Magic. There are questions. Because at a certain certain age or after a certain amount of years of experience, you kind of know if a guy has that star in him. You know, let's go back to Victor Oladipo. Like, I was out on Victor Oladipo because of his consistency. Because he wasn't, you know, he was... His, his point totals were all over the place. That, that last year especially, Scott Skiles moved him to the bench and statistically and analytically, it was the right decision. Now, would, would I agree that Oladipo is a better player than Evan Fournier? Yes, a more talented player for sure. But Skiles wanted consistency and Oladipo wasn't giving that. And that's why he got relegated to the bench for a short stretch. That's why the Magic kind of felt like he was expendable and didn't want to pay him. They didn't want to commit to him. So, you know, again, but at the same time, throughout that season, throughout his career in Orlando, you saw the hints of stardom. His duel with Russell Westbrook. He had a duel with LeBron James. You saw that he could take over games, that he had that potential, and maybe that alone is worth investing in. You know, I'm, I'll admit, I've made a ton of mistakes in, in analyzing talent and analyzing this, analyzing this team, and, and I hope that I learn from them. You know, I would say I am afraid to trade Aaron Gordon or to, to, to entertain any deal for Aaron Gordon that does not bring a significant return because the Oladipo deal was so bad. And even if you are a little bit out on a guy, it is hard to give up on a player who's just 24 years old. It is hard to give up on a player that's so young and that has shown that potential. And so that's, that's kind of where I stand. Now, when it comes to the Magic's search for a star, to me, the search for a star is less about being an all-star or, or getting the accolades. Those come if you win. It's a chicken or an egg problem. Do, do you become a star because your team wins or do you win because you have stars? I think at the highest, highest, highest levels at the NBA championship level, you win because of your stars. Um, Steve Clifford, I think, has said it throughout the course of the season. He's kind of hinted at this, um, you know, not so subtly. The Magic run and execute their plays fine. The problem is when they have to make a play, when they have to create something outside of that box, or when the play is set up for them to create something, the Magic have struggled to break free from kind of the, 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 the structure that they have, or knowing when to break free from the structure that they have. And in reality, the playoffs are all about that improvisation. The playoffs are all about breaking what you normally do, or being able to beat a defense that's loaded up to beat what you normally do. In the playoffs, you know each other so well. If you have a coach that's worth his salt, 
you know, every player knows exactly what is coming at every moment. And you create schemes and defensive schemes to slow that down. The best teams beat good defense. Aaron Gordon, I thought, played great defense on Kawhi Leonard. It did not matter. Jonathan Isaac played great defense on Pascal Siakam. It did not matter. That's what star players do. That's the kind of star power the Magic are looking for. And frankly, it is still hard to see that on this roster. I I hate to say it. Um, Yes, I think Jonathan Isaac has that potential. If he can develop his offensive game, if he can be a little more assertive and efficient offensively and and able to take guys off the dribble. He's shown hints of it, but hasn't put it all together. He had that one game in Toronto and and the game in Indiana. The game in Indiana was really the game where he looked like a star. Now, defensively, he is already, I feel like, an elite player. I I want to protect Jonathan Isaac if I'm the Magic uh, at all costs. Wrap him in bubble wrap during this quarantine Um, because he is really the one player on this team right now that does anything at an elite level. The fact that Isaac was on track to be an all-defensive team player is a big sign. That is a big deal. I don't, I don't care how you slice it. That is a big deal. And it's a sign that, yes, Isaac has that star potential. I, I have come to compare Jonathan Isaac most to Andre Kirilenko of the Utah Jazz, Brooklyn Nets, Minnesota Timberwolves. Mostly the Jazz version of Andre Kirilenko. No offense to those other teams. Kirilenko, not the greatest offensive player, a little bit more developed offensively than Isaac, but he was a long-armed wing defender that made his name blocking shots from the perimeter. As a perimeter player leading the league in blocks, it is a very rare thing to do, and Isaac was flirting with it, and I think he'll be flirting with it for several years to come. Um, so I, I, out of the three, I think Isaac is the closest. But, you know, I again, like the narrative throughout the year, throughout the early part of the year, What's about Aaron Gordon? Was this year Aaron Gordon made the star leap? Is this the game year where Aaron Gordon puts all the pieces together offensively, becomes a consistent offensive weapon, and someone the Magic can really play through, that that understands the balance between going for a zone and keeping others involved? And that didn't really happen until about a month ago, until about you know six weeks ago now. That didn't really happen until, say, the All-Star break, late February. And that's when Gordon went on his tear. That's when Gordon, when the light suddenly clicked on for Gordon and he's, and you saw his passing jump up to like seven, eight assists per game. And all of a sudden, he looked like and felt like the best player on the Magic. If Aaron Gordon plays the way he did over the last five weeks before the hiatus or since the All-Star break, that is playing at an All-Star level. Now, he's got to get his three-point shooting back up and he's got to, got to do all that, but... That's an all-star level. Is it superstar level? Is that championship star level? No, no. We'll slow down on that. On that, but it, it you know, the, the playoffs was Aaron Gordon's show. He really found some things in that playoff series. He really took. I mean, Game Four, he took it at Kawhi Leonard on several occasions, um, and, and and had his and had his way and kept the Magic in that Game Four. Um, he had some moments in Game Three, and and it just it, it felt like. It felt like throughout last year, Gordon was trying really hard to fit in, and that was good. He needed to do that. And this year, you know, he was trying to fit in too much and then trying to stand out too much, and, and, and it wasn't working. But, but he found that balance before the hiatus. And if, if he can lock into that balance and kind of keep that mindset, then he's on track to becoming the star that we all hoped he would be. Again, 
Is it a superstar? Is it a championship-level star? No. And in fact, I really don't see that on this team right now. Um, that that's that's the fact. It, it, you know, usually you could tell who the superstar caliber players are fairly early on. You know, there's just an aura and an energy about them. You know, Trey Young is on a really bad Hawks team, but he's a superstar. There's an aura about him. He can he can wheel games, and this is a problem the Magic have had all year long. They they struggle against players who can wheel games, whether it's Darren Fox, whether it's Devin Booker, whether it's Bradley Beal, whether it's uh, whether it's um, uh, whether it's Trey Young. They struggle against those players because they don't have one themselves. And to me, that's really the next big piece that has to come. And again, it might cost you Aaron Gordon to get one. Uh, but that's really the next big piece for the Magic. Because, because uh, again, I just I just don't think they currently have it on the roster as it stands. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr_md. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Music, Stitcher, uh, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Don't forget to join us at 7 o'clock on Sunday as we do a live rewatch of the Magic's win over the Los Angeles Lakers. Should be a good time. Uh, to chat about the Magic uh, and and rewatch one of the best, probably the best game of the season. So we look forward to that. I hope you'll interact with the show and uh, and hopefully we'll we'll be able to address uh, some of your questions and comments throughout the game. You can of course find again find me on Twitter at Philip R underscore MD. And of course, don't forget to check out the other great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network, including our latest podcast, which will be a big deal coming up. Chad Ford's NBA Big Board as part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Chad Ford will be going through um, all the questions about the NBA draft. And it's going to be an interesting draft process for sure. So be sure to get his perspective on Chad Ford's NBA Big Board. You can find that wherever you download podcasts. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. This has been Philip Ross and Wright. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic. Your daily Orlando Magic Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.